Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Don't let his bark fool you. Roy has a softer side, too. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I just want to add one thing about uh, the Allison Azar case and her children. I just want to add this. It doesn't matter whether you're a liberal supporter, a conservative supporter, a new Democrat, a Green Party supporter, whether you're a political agnostic, it doesn't matter. It only matters. The man who sits in the corner office, the prime minister's office, who comes down those stairs... You see it on your television screen. They come down from the the Prime Minister's suite of offices. I've been up those stairs. I'm not sure I was supposed to be there, but I, I was escorted up there by an MP a number of years ago. It's quite impressive. So the man who comes down those stairs and smiles at the cameras, that man made a promise to Alison Azar doesn't matter whether you support that man or don't support that man. Don't defend him. Don't defend him. Hold him accountable. It's not about Trudeau. It's about Alison Azar and those four children. It's not about Trudeau. It's about Alison Azar and those four kids. That's who it's about. And it's about the promise the Prime Minister made to Alison Azar about her four children. That's what it matters. That's what matters. If you make a commitment, a promise to the mother that you will do whatever you can as Prime Minister and that file will stay on your desk, then you have a responsibility to live up to that promise. You can't just wander off, pose for your selfies, and have some obscure spokesvoice for foreign or global affairs Step up and say, well, we've, you know, we, we, we did all the things that we need to do. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. And you know what, Justin? You know you haven't. You know that you haven't. And I know your government, they listen to what we say. They listen to what all talk shows say. I'm not saying we're more important than anybody else. They listen to talk radio. They monitor what is said. So you know that, Mr. Trudeau. When you go to bed at night, you know that. You know that you're not doing what you promised this mother you would do. You didn't say to her, Stefan Dion will be uh, looking into it. You said you would do it. Right. It's your call. Literally, it's your call, Mr. Trudeau. It's your call. If the new Prime Minister of the UK can do it, wouldn't why can't you do it for four Canadian kids? Why? We don't have relations with Iran. We don't have this. We don't have that. We don't have the other. We're, oh, come on. Just do it. Sorry, Nike. I know I'm stealing your... Slogan, I apologize. I didn't intend to. Just make the call. 
last Sunday, we were talking about the responsibility we as men have to protect our wives, our sisters, our girlfriends, our daughters, our mothers, if they are victims of bullying and our sexual harassment and abuse. What can we do? What are the options we have? In some cases, we have many options. In other cases, we have fewer options. But what, are our, what, what do we need to do? What can we do? So we were talking about this. That's some good calls. And then I had a call from a man who talked about his wife. It's a Calgary police officer. She's been a Calgary police officer, Calgary police service officer, he told us, for 14 years. And she's on sick leave. He told us that as well. And uh, he told us why. And then he told us something else. And that something else he told us is that he too is a police officer. And he too is a police officer with the Calgary Police Service. So I've been in touch with um, with Tim, and he's the police officer, and his wife, Amy. And I'll, I'm always honest with you; these are not their actual names, but it's names that we're we've decided that they're going to use. I think it's a good idea they do that. So they uh, they joined me on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. These are a husband and wife, man and woman, who put on the uniform, put on the badge, go out into the night, and while we lock our doors and go to bed, they make sure that we sleep soundly. They protect us. So, uh, Amy, it's good to speak with you. Thank you, Roy. Thank you for what you do for us. And Tim, it's good to speak with you, sir, again. You too, Roy. Amy, can you tell us, please, what what is your health situation right now? Well, Roy, currently I am suffering from severe stress and anxiety. Uh, It has been so bad that when I drive by my place of work, I have a panic attack. If I see someone from work, I'm riddled with anxiety. Uh, The stress has been so damaging, I started suffering from back and neck pain. I was seeing my chiropractor two or three times a week because every time I worked out, I would injure myself. And it wasn't until I saw my doctor that I found out the stress was slowly eating away at my body. I had tremors in my face and I actually thought I had Bell's palsy because of the constant twitching and numbness. Um, My emotions have ranged from extreme anger and wanting to physically harm those who have wronged me to crying at the simplest thing. I am no longer that person who can control how I feel, but am instead at the mercy of how the people in the Calgary Police Service have made me feel. This situation has made me become suspicious and paranoid, believing the Calgary Police Service are intercepting emails, phone calls. I find that I have to meet people in surreptitious places, especially those who are suffering like me, because I'm afraid that the service is going to find out that we're talking. I am continually filled with fear of retaliation, not only for me, but for Tim as well. 
because I feel that speaking on your show even, a Calgary Police Service may come after me. You have to be, to do the job you do, to do it effectively, to do it um, in the manner that it needs to be done, you have to be at your emotional and physical best. Not four days out of five or eight days out of ten, but ten days out of ten. Every single time out. You have to be at your best. So you're explaining to us what it is you're struggling with now. What caused you to be in this mood? And what caused the anxiety? What sorts of things happened to you? Well, I'll give you a bit of background. I joined the job when I was very young and naive. Um, There was a situation when I first joined the street. I was asked by a senior male officer if I was a slut, a bitch, or lesbian. I was so embarrassed by the question and shocked. And then I was later asked by another, or told by another male officer that he thought I looked like I would be fun to have sex with. I did nothing about these because I didn't want to draw more attention to myself. Um, Although there were always derogatory comments being made to me, I learned to ignore them and brush them off and try and laugh about it. Uh, But let me tell you, though, Roy, policing wasn't always bad. I I did have good times and I loved working the streets. But I found when I met Tim and we decided to have kids, that's when I soon realized that I was a burden to the police. Not only did I have to search for a place to work while on maternity leave, I found working job share part-time I was looked down upon. I was overlooked for courses, acting time as a supervisor. I had to continually defend my position as a police officer when people would say things like, it must be nice to work whenever you want. You are never here. I even forgot you worked here. I found I was no longer fitting into the masculine culture of the police because I was a mom. And that was when I started to be targeted. I was told at times I was a lone wolf, I wasn't a team player, I was ostracized because I didn't follow the status quo. I was told by high, in meetings of high-ranking members that I couldn't be trusted. It was continually difficult for me because I did not know, want how I was treated to reflect on Tim. I was afraid when I spoke out against policies and practices with Calgary that Tim's chance for specialty positions or future promotions would be impacted. And I quickly realized that those who I thought were my friends and supporters wouldn't stand up for me. Uh, They instead blamed me uh, for not letting go of the situation. And I now realize many were fearful themselves for standing by me because they thought their positions would be in jeopardy or opportunities for promotion would be impacted. And that really hurt me because it made me realize that those people in those positions of power who could have done the most to help me really left me high and dry. And I can't really get into details of specific stuff, Roy, because it probably would identify me. I understand that. And what what you're sharing with us, Amy, is what I've heard from other police officers, from other services who are going through the same situation or similar situations to the one you're experiencing. It seems to be across the board, or at least across the board with the services we found out about. We're going to take a break. When we come back, 
I want to ask uh, Tim to uh, share with us what the first thing is that he thinks about in the morning when he, well, first thing he thinks about, given the situation you're you're both um, living with, because it what affects Amy affects Tim, and how does this impact on you emotionally, uh, Tim? I'm going to ask you on your job, and how does it how does it impact on you, knowing you could run into these people? You don't work with them on a on a on a day to day basis, but you could run into them. We'll come back and we'll talk more with Amy and Tim. Stay with us. Compassionate, caring, and cuddly. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. You can send your emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Follow me on Twitter at The Roy Green Show and listen back anytime to anything we air or download it at RoyGreenShow.com. In the podcasts, it's always going to be there for you, including my conversation with uh, Amy and Tim. They are both police officers. They are both with the Calgary Police Service. And what Amy has just shared with us is what we hear from women officers and women firefighters. We've talked to recently, and I've spoken with women uh, members, police service members, for the last five, six years now. The RCMP has been the focus of most of our conversation. Next hour, you're going to hear more about the RCMP, but from the male perspective or the association perspective, you won't want to miss that. Uh, Tim, when you listen to Amy speak about how this has all impacted on her, and I listened to you last Sunday when, when you called, I heard the emotion in your voice. When you, when you start the day with your wife, it's the first thing you think about, and how does this impact on you on the job, knowing that you might run into these very same people who are causing these issues for your wife? Well, I think that it, it adds a lot of stress to us as a family, as well as, as to me, waking up and thinking about different confrontations. Um, I don't really hold my emotions that well. Usually people who have figured out that I'm not very happy with them. So, I mean, I, I think, I think trying to support Jen through, support Amy through this, has uh, added a lot of stress to my family. Um, we've had, we would end up arguing more often, um, and the way that we would deal with each other, uh, the people at work knowing that any time I go to headquarters, I could run into them would, would cause me slight stress going in um, and then running through different scenarios of confrontations. You know, it's interesting you say that because <clears throat> well, I've heard this as well from women who've said, who've been or have been or still are police officers, who said they 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 have difficulty speaking about uh, what's happening to them, and one of the issues is they don't feel comfortable telling the people who are closest to them, the people they love the most, because it could affect their loved ones on the job. And you're not the first husband, wife, police couple I've spoken to. 
it's Amy, I've heard it. I've heard women say I, I have difficulty speaking to my husband about it because he's a police officer and I don't want to cause him additional emotional turmoil. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And I think that's why so many female officers tend to feel that the burden falls on them because a lot of times their husbands are the ones who, unfortunately as it is, are the successes in the job because we choose to stay home and take care of the kids and stuff. So we don't want to make it more difficult for our husbands as well. Okay, so let me ask you this. And you know, the clock always gets us. And we're, we have about two and a half minutes here. We've, we have a lot more to talk about. I'm sure we'll be talking again in the future. But uh, every police service has an association, has a police association. It's the union that's supposed to step up, stand up for you, when if senior officers don't. Uh, how's that working out with the, uh, with the association? They fight for you guys or, or, or not so much? Fair question to ask you? Yeah, I think they try their best to fight. And I know that the Calgary Police has processes in place to try and help internally. Like um, they have an Office of Inclusion and Respect Matters program that's supposed to help with internal issues such as bullying and harassment. But the problem is it's run by people who are internal to the service. So there's no external oversight. So either way, they're speaking for the Calgary Police Service, not for the members specifically. And our associations try their best, but sometimes their hands are tied as well as to how far they can take matters based on our contracts and stuff. Okay, I'm going to have one uh, one question, time for one question to ask you and I'll ask you both to deal with it from a different perspective. Amy, what would allow you to return to work? What has to happen for you to be comfortable returning to work? And Tim, how would you feel about uh, Amy returning to work? Would you worry? Let's start with the, let me start with you, Amy. What, what has to change? Well, the only way I could go back is if the culture of the Calgary Police changed and those in positions of power who are bullies and lack leadership skills are either removed or offered appropriate tra- training. And I mean, really, that comes down to uh, so much, but that's really what it comes down to is that we need better leaders, stronger leaders. And um, Tim, what about it? What would, um, how would you feel about Amy returning, returning to work, um, you know, putting on the uniform and putting on the badge and, and carrying a gun again? Well, I don't, I don't think I would have any worries with Amy carrying a gun again. Um, I would worry about how she would be treated by the upper management. So much has happened now that I think that she would continue to be targeted. And in society and as a husband, your job is to protect your family. And sometimes when when Amy goes to work, it's you feel somewhat powerless because how are you supposed to protect them yeah. when they're when they're there. And I shouldn't have to protect. No, you shouldn't have to. And we're going to have to stop it there, but we will pick it up on on another day. And I knew we would run out of time, but a lot has been said. And I thank you both for joining us. Thank you, Roy. Thanks, Roy. Stay in touch. Amy and Tim, we'll come back in a minute to tell you about the next hour. Stay with us.